welcome to Tech by Design. Design is passion, design is energy, design is enthusiasm. On these episodes, we'll talk to people who exude all those things about the products they build. Come join us. Welcome to today's episode of Tech by Design. I am Nick Surface, CEO of the Richmond Technology Council. And as always, along with me, Alex Otanez, CEO of Shaco Mobile by Design. Alex, let's roll. Who we got today? We got Mason Brown. He is the head of our strategy team here at Shaco. I'm so excited to have you on our podcast today, Mason. You and I talk about this stuff in person on a daily basis for a few, what is it, a few hours a day, if not more sometimes. And um, obviously, we've spent the last two or three days talking about it. So um, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience before we start just talking about strategy? Well, thank you for having me uh, as one of your employees. I'm glad, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I'm Mason Brown. I've been working uh, with Shaco for the past five years, um, both as a designer and as a strategist now. So I think there's a lot about where I've heard you guys have your discussions on the interplay of design and technology and how they all make useful stuff for people that they want to use. So I'm excited to talk about it. Um, so, so Mason, I'm just going to I'm going to start off with uh, my hardest question and a question that I get all the time. What is strategy? And, and furthermore, what is good strategy, right? We, we hear the word strategy all over the place, um, from ice cream shops to corporate boardrooms. So what is strategy and what is good strategy? And I think it's, a um, you know, I, I build all my definitions on the shoulders of much more established giants and academics. I think uh, Richard Rummel's Good Strategy, Bad Strategy is probably the go-to book for strategy at large. Um, and I think that if you're looking for a, a much more in-depth 200-page definition of what is good strategy that's beyond just technology, um, that's a good starting place. But whenever our clients ask or when we're you know hiring strategists, I think the Shaco definition of good strategy is a plan to win. Um, how do we win? I like winning. I like winning too. Um, and and, and to furthermore, like how do you you know we we need to have an idea of what we're trying to run towards in order to design and develop experiences that can kind of realize those outcomes. And we talk a lot about impact and outcomes at Shaco, but that 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 clear line of like, how do we win? And then what's our angle on it? That's the strategy. And that can be manifested a million ways. You know, sometimes it's a, a statement, sometimes it's a, you know, a, a brief, and sometimes it's just a uh, a dumb code name. Yeah. And I think, Mason, like one of the things that that I kind of want you to, to lean into is, as you know, right, we're trying to help our audience understand what good design is, right? So so tech by design. So how does good strategy lead into or lean into great design? Like what are some of the things that you consider when you're working with clients in terms of strategy, making sure that um, our, our clients understand how, how design will benefit from it? I think that designers, you know, they, they, they as much as we, and I say this as a former designer, um, constraints are the things that kind of breed innovation. So strategy allows us to have the constraints that we can make trade-offs for um, within the experience. So without a strategy, there's a million, we, we don't even know how to evaluate what's good and bad design. We don't know how to evaluate if it's working. We don't know how to test it. We don't even know how to, like the designer themselves can't ask questions about what's on the table and what's off the table. And I think what strategy allows is that instead of handing a designer a list of requirements, we can hand a designer a list of problems to be solved and then try to realize that the experiences that we build. And obviously requirements will still come into play in some regard. Um, and then when you're talking about good strategy, you know, you're, you're thinking of things like, you know, is it short? Is it memorable? Um, is it easy to find? Is it easy to share? Can people 
remember it when they're making decisions on their own? Does it have legs beyond just me, the strategist? Um, those are things that when we're talking to our strategists internally, like those are the parameters we're trying to hold it against. Um, you know, and it, it, one of the biggest signs that strategy is working is that you, you hear the strategy uh, coming through when it's not from the strategist. So your, your lead devs are mentioning the strategy. They're asking, is this on strategy? Your designers are asking, how does this solve this problem? Those are signs of good strategy or effective strategy. But it is a little amorphous at times. And it's one of those things where like, as it comes into focus per the effort or the project or the product, it becomes clear that the strategy is like tied to this thing. Mason, is strategy something that you hear from the client and they come in with a very specific definition of their strategy? Or is it something that you have to kind of pull out throughout the process and, and really uh, analyze and, and kind of extrapolate as you move along? You know, it, it comes in different waves. You know, I think that there are certain firms that have strong organizational strategy that you can channel into a product strategy. And then a lot of times what really ends up coming is they, they have a sense of what they want, but we have to work backwards with the strategy to identify the problem that we're uncovering so that we can then bring either other solutions towards it or that are more cost effective or, or more beneficial for the customers. Um, but it's oftentimes a negotiation throughout the first few weeks and kind of like building trust. I think the biggest sign that you're getting to uh, a shared strategy is when you're having much more candid conversations between um, your designer, your strategist, the client, or the business, you know, if you're an internal organization, um, about kind of what's keeping you up at night and what problems we need to solve. So, so is it is it fair to assume that strategy is a negotiation between the designer and the client of the product during the first few weeks, and then ongoing becomes more of a, a cyclical relationship? Cyclical meaning we improve, we build, and we improve and we build. But that first first few weeks is really a negotiation, right? What do you really want? How do you want this app to feel or how do you want this design to turn out? And, and that's the job of the strategist or, or elaborate on that, right? Yeah, I think the negotiation is more about taking a, this is what we, we know the strategy to be. Because I'm never going to tell a, a, and we're in professional services, so we're consulting. I'm never going to know their internal strategy better than them. But what the negotiation that's happening is more of taking that and channeling that into something that's effective at the software level or at experience level. So I would look at strategy more when it comes to like design development as the lens that our people, our designers, our developers, their designers, their developers can look through on how to solve the problem. Um, so it's really a, a, and Alex, you mentioned this earlier, I think it's like a focusing mechanism uh, for the team because there's a million things we can do. And I think, you know, that's kind of the issue with iterative software development is that when you get to a point where you're just constantly building new things, if there's a lack of focus, you have people opening up software like Slack and being like, well, I would never use this feature. And they might be just experimenting, but also it's, it can be a sign that there might be a lack of, of focus in this iteration or this, this era of the product. Um, and it gets harder as it scales too. Mason, can you give me a couple of examples of, you don't, you don't have to be specific, but strategic elements or strategies that you've kind of heard and, and adopted as a team and then implemented? Like what parts of a strategy, how does a strategy translate into something that you actually put into the design? Yeah. So I think that the best way to put it is that like the strongest strategies can define kind of the outcomes that we want to see. So we did an app a few years ago with VCU uh, and their music department where they had a, the problems that we saw is that their students were having a hard time journaling, um, which is a big part of, of music practice. They were getting injured a lot. Um, due to overpractice and not identifying when they're injured. So you're practicing hours and hours a day. And then they were competing over space in the building. So we knew we had these kind of key problems. So the strategy then goes and outlines like, what are things that we can solve with this product that we were building on the behalf to help students understand 
maybe they might be prone to injury, students to better document their practices, and students to, to find ways to leverage um, non-traditional practice space. And those three outcomes we wanted to create and then boxed in like a feature set that we would recommend that would then solve these problems. Now, we could have started with just a list of features and then worked backwards and kind of grouped them into things that we think would solve it. But that lens in the upfront allowed us to bring recommendations that client didn't originally know that they wanted, but became uh, very popular with students. And one of those was like, we knew students were uh, battling over rooms that had mirrors. And the cool thing about it was an iPad application is it has a front facing camera. So if you can make it a better mirror via the iPad to practice with, students might be able to use non-traditional practices that don't have mirrors. Um, but having that that focus of like, we need to make practice space wider, more available through technology with this multiplying, um, that kind of helped us get there. So quick question just to add on to Nick's, uh, Nick's original question, but you've mentioned two things in the last five minutes, right? The first one was, um, our client doesn't always know. And the second thing that you've mentioned a couple of times is we use strategy as a mechanism for focus. If somebody in the audience or one of our listeners was debating or thinking whether to bring on a strategist, what would you say that they have to think about or, or how, how, do, how would they know they can benefit from a strategist and, and design team, right? Like what are, what are two or three things that, that you would call out to them? Yeah, I want to hard caveat like i would also never project that i would know more or a client doesn't i don't know more than them i think that the only thing that i act as as a um kind of a translating what their hopes and dreams are with the software into things that can actually be built um like i'm never going to understand more about music than the, the vc music department and, I'm not, and you're not saying that either yeah. but i think that signs that you what was the question it was signs that you you need a designer or signs of good yeah. relationship like if, if you're listening to this podcast how do you know you could benefit from from a strategist and designer I mean, there's, so, I, I mean, there's there's a couple of like telltale software signs, right? Like, I think that strategy is a means, and this is a, a it got popular by I think Melissa Perry, but you know, strategy is a means to escape the build trap a lot of times of like we are just creating features, and it's hard to know what's working and what's not working. So you're in this state where you you have an established product, but it's hard to understand: is it making it? Are we making moves? Or are we just satisfying kind of requirements that are being handed down to us? Um, are we guessing that we're making an impact on the company vision? You know, the company might say, hey, we need to reduce call volume and you're just throwing stuff at a wall. Um, that's one place where a strategist can really help. Another one is like, you know, if you're having a hard time getting from your technical internal partners, or external partners, a good relationship with a strategy and a, a strategist and a designer will help get more from your technical elements of your organization, whether it's developers, architects, whatever. So having this layer of someone thinking through the customer experience, someone thinking through the problems to be solved, those people can then ask better questions of those teams, the development teams, that will get to that innovation. Um, I think a lot of organizations think that if I you know, invest in an innovation center and I throw a bunch of engineers in a room, we're going to get success. Um, and I think that you know people say this all the time, but product is a team sport of, of a multidisciplinary team. And you need people that also have a really good sense of like the problem space as well as the solution space. So. What's a what's a debrief or a postmortem like, Mason, after you get through the first design of a product? Um, when do you know that a strategy was correct or not? Um, for instance, let me uh, kind of give you a framework that you could create something that's beautiful and elegant and, and, and seamless or frictionless in how it operates. But at the end of the day, maybe nobody uses it um, or it's, it's not actually getting the, the volume of, of, yeah, of usage that you anticipate. Does that mean it was 
bad strategy? Does that mean it's bad design? Or what are some of the conversations you have at the end about how the process went regarding strategy? And I think that it's it's funny that we, you know, I think that, I don't know if it's human nature, but like we're obsessed with the end. I think that the nice thing about strategy is it does give you a grounding to evaluate against. So one thing that's really important for us when we do strategy is that we can't put a strategy out there unless we can say it's measurable. So if you're going to go in, um, you know, we're working on a, a booking experience. So if we don't see a measurable improvement in bookings digitally, but also a decrease in phone bookings, then we've failed. Um, now, I think that most organizations are afraid to put that on the line sometimes. So I think that it's actually when you have a strategy, those postmortems are much more uh, cut and dry and the next steps are much clearer. Um, I'm also of a mindset, too, that I'd rather be take a take a stance and, and, and put a direction in place and be wrong than be waiting through like, I think we're working. So, you know, case in point, I think that, you know, if you're getting a strategy without a measurement plan that you feel like is like clear or coherent, then like it's probably not good strategy to Alex's plan earlier. And I think that strategy and measurement are two sides of a similar point of like, we, we are focusing on these things and we're going to prove it out this way so that when we're negotiating like prioritization, we can say like, well, I don't think that'll impact call volume. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that, that that might be nice to have and we can have that debate, but we might need to wait. And I try to be cutthroat about it too. Like there, I, there's always room for novelty, I think, especially when it comes to software experiences too. So and I think, uh, Mason, one of the reasons I, 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 I really wanted to get you into this podcast is like design, good strategy always looks simple and obvious, right? And, and you don't need a thick PowerPoint deck or 52 pages of, of an instruction manual. It's easy to explain and easy to get, right? Um, and so, so with that in mind, like I know good strategy looks simple, but what's one of the toughest challenges that, that you've solved and, and made it look easy? Um, man, <laughs> I think it's the constant pursuit of a more perfect solution, but I think, um, Ooh. it's a, um, I think the hardest part is, and this is going to be a really gross analogy, but I think it's the funnest part of it is that the very beginnings of any strategy, especially with new, anytime you're going from something that doesn't exist, to something that does exist. And, you know, Peter T always says zero to one, there's a million ways to put it, but when you're going from something that doesn't exist to, to it does, you have to consume a lot of a lot of stuff, whether you're doing competitive analysis, you're talking to a million stakeholders, you're doing customer research, you're following shoppers. And this is gross, but I compare it to just, you're just eating a bunch of stuff. And then eventually, and I had a professor in grad school describe um, creative work this way, you just throw it all up and then you got to like pick through it and find things that resonate um, either. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll be honest, that's not the angle that I thought you were going with that. Um well, this is what you get when you get me. I'm sorry, um, but you're you're you. I'm not going to make you eat the throw up again. Don't worry. But you are picking through it because those identifiable things, which is again where it gets gross, when you're like, oh, I don't remember that. Um, those are, I think, the things that start to resonate at a um, a bigger level. And then the hard part is like, I think a big, big, big part of strategy in general, or or, or just this work, or, or like high level design, is the ability to write coherently and consolidate writing. You know, I'd, like I'd rather have one punchy sentence than 30 slides, even though I'll have 30 slides in the appendix, but like, you're only going to remember one. But yeah, that process of going through and sorting through it and trying to find those nuggets is the the hardest part. I mean, I think, Mason, I mean, you, you, what you're kind of saying is that the the output really can tell you whether you had the right inputs, 
um, and the output tells a story just as much as um, you know all the upfront stuff. So sometimes, I guess this just goes back to the lean startup and the iteration model of you know sometimes it's better to just jump in there and start creating because then you're going to get much more information and much more feedback and data than if you sit around talking too much about strategy. And I think that goes back to what you were saying at the beginning, Alex, that you know sometimes strategy can be I think you said like overthought and underdelivered or something along those lines, and so. You know, it sounds like maybe strategy has a limit at the beginning, and then sometimes strategy is an evolution that is actually from start to finish, um, and and doesn't actually define itself in entirety until you have you know that full process. I don't know. I just uh, that's just me vomiting. No, no, no. I think I mean that. I think it also there's one thing that I think people hear strategy and they think months. You know what I mean? And I think that it really has to be a punchy process because, and I talk about this a lot with our designers too. Like we are functions but we have no pure execution ability. Like everything we realize has to be manifested in things that go into people's hands and technology. So the sooner that we can start trying stuff out, the better. I just think that if we start throwing stuff at the wall without a, a point of view, we're at risk of like missing dramatically or not knowing why we missed. Um, and I think that if you're getting into that lean mindset, you need to at least have that so that you can iterate um, smart. Yeah, and I think Mason, you said this earlier, right? Like good strategy is about creating focus around that that, that one or possibly two critic like one or two critical items, right? And so you basically choose those. Um, I'm not going to use your analogy again, but you kind of choose those from the mass. And um, you basically focus on those, right? You can create like design focus and, and functionality focus and, and allow those designers to actually like build and design around that, right? Last question for you from me, Mason. It's just one of the things that, that again, I, I'm, I'm bringing up a lot of things that I talk to clients about, but when is a strategy or when is a strategist useful? Is it only at the beginning of a project? Is it throughout a project? Is it is it multiple times in an engagement? And when I'm talking about an engagement, I'm not talking about client services versus client, but just a lot of our clients, right? Capital One, Truist, and, and a lot of these big companies, they have product strategies in-house. When should these these strategists be used on, on a product? I think it depends on the, the nature of the engagement, but I think that whenever you're trying to especially with our shop, you know, in the in the discovery phases, that's where we come in pretty hard. And we are kind of working with our leads from design development to come up with a essentially the plan of how we're going to tackle this based on the problem we want to solve. And then on the flip side, when we're getting into that iterative phase, you know, our ability, because we set the measurement plans and are working with, with y'all on in analytics or, you know, reporting, that's how we start to make calls about what's the next, you know, focus, what should it be? Um, so that road mapping side and thinking through. and Roadmapping in terms of, of not necessarily project plan and backlog, but roadmapping in terms of like, what's the next problem we want to solve? How we finish solving this problem? And finish is a tough one. You know what I mean? But like, are we solving this problem at a satisfactory level that the business is, is able to continue moving forward? Because I, I think you're always kind of in the pursuit again of like solving these problems. Yeah, constant pursuit, right? Um, Nick, a question for you. And, and then I, I know you want to join in here, but uh, Mason, Mason said that, and I'm paraphrasing here, right? But strategy is about taking a client from zero to run, right? Like, possibly creating something where nothing exists. What is a problem that you would like to throw strategists on? Me? Yeah. Um, I'd like to throw uh, strategy upon the workforce challenge we currently have um, in the technology ecosystem here in Richmond. Um, there's a growing base of talent nationwide in the tech space, um, driven by a few things. Certainly, uh, you know, the edu 
the higher educational model is is creating a great pipeline of folks, but also uh, certificate programs and training opportunities through companies like Google and Amazon are happening um, and making people more qualified to work at a at a more rapid scale than ever before. So my question is, you know, how can we bring those people to Richmond, and how do we um, attract talent and bring talent to Richmond to to help with Richmond companies um, in on a grander scale? And Can you design that up for me? But I think those, that's a good also example of like those are, you know, you hit that that messy problem threshold of like there's a million ways to do that too of like how we could tackle that. So it's going forth and figuring out like, you know, RVA tech has a perspective. You know, like what? how do we realize that it's in line with the most like true to form of y'all's perspective? And what's going to actually work for a market like Richmond versus a market like, you know, Virginia Beach? Because there's probably upsides that we have that they don't have and we should lean into those too. Mm-hmm. Yep, 100%. Yeah. It's way better than Virginia Beach. I'm just going to take a hard time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you're right. The variables are are, are endless. Um, and then the elements that may or may not influence that uh, that decision and that behavior are, are almost as, as endless as well. So. Well, thanks so much, Mason, for joining us today. Uh, Alex, thanks for bringing on your teammate. Uh, it's good to have a Shaka White. I don't know if that's what you call y'all yourselves. Um, but but you should. And uh, we'll see you next time on Tech by Design. Thanks for joining. Thank you.